Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a tale as old as time. He's handsome, debonair. She's pretty and sweet. They lock eyes across the room. Okay, hold on. Honey, you need to get your facts straight. Finding love today is more like... Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe I just want somebody to share my life. What does his text mean? Maybe he's just not that into me. Is this this relationship relationship going going anywhere? anywhere? You can keep waiting for the fairy tale. Or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Welcome, lovers, to another exciting episode of Dates and Mates. The 21st century is hands down the best time in history to be single and ready to mingle. You've heard me say that on the show before. And dating platforms, they're booming. Singles have the luxury of time and the ability to choose who is right for them. But of course, with all that comes one big complication on the path to find love. The paradox of choice. Are you wondering if you're settling for the wrong match when there could be one more perfect out there for you? (laughs) Then you know just what I'm talking about. I hear this all of the time, and so does my guest today, Lindsay Metzelar. She's the host of the We Met at Acme podcast, where she gives amazing dating advice and specializes in love advice for millennials. We'll talk about how she got over her own fear of settling and found the perfect man who just recently put a ring on it. But first, we'll cover these juicy headlines. Jennifer Aniston told us what she's looking for in a match. And of course, I have thoughts. And science says women have changed their approach to dating in the pandemic. And you know, I'll tell you how. Then in Dear Demona, I'll answer questions from you like, should you pick up dates when you're traveling internationally? And he's great in person, but his text game is weak. What does that mean for your future? Lovers, it's another hot one. So let's dish. He's dating dish. Jennifer Aniston says she is ready to date again and reveals what she's looking for in a man. I can't even tell you how many people sent me this story and they're like, oh, you should coach Jennifer Aniston. So, of course, my interest was piqued. And I said, oh, these are the qualities she's looking for in a man. Well, let me just check it out. But then when I got a look at her list... I became a little less confident that I might be able to help Jennifer Aniston find love again. Not because she's not a fabulous and wonderful and attractive, beautiful, kind, compassionate, talented, fantastic lady, 
but because let me tell you what she said on the Lunch with Bruce Sirius XM show. She said she's looking. No one of importance has hit her radar yet, but she said she thinks she's ready to share herself with another. She didn't want to for a long time, and she really loved being on her own, being her own woman, which I'm totally on board with. Stick stick with me. But then she says she's not a fan of online dating. She said, quote, no gingers and no Raya, please. Of course, that's the celebrity dating app, as they say, you know, the, the one where you have to be exclusively invited to join. She says, I'm an old school girl. Pause. Let's pause here and unpack this. Whenever you start what you're looking for with a no, I just want you to know that you are pushing what you do want further away because one, that tells me that you have a closed view. You have a closed mindset around certain things. Gingers, how does someone being redheaded tell you anything about the person that they are? That's what hair dye is for. We don't even know what my actual hair color is anymore. But Anything that you have on your list, and or look at your dating profile right now. If you say no to anything, go ahead and take that out. Now, the other thing she says is no to online dating. She says that she is just old school. She needs to see someone from across the room and have chemistry. And this is where I also take issue, not just because I'm very bullish on online dating, because it's how I met my husband. It's how so many of my clients, most of my clients have met their matches. That said, I just don't like the idea of being closed off to one major avenue of potentially meeting someone. And I just, I'm not going to give folks a pass anymore saying I'm an old school girl or guy. You don't get to say that anymore. You are living in 2021. You are living on your phones, doing everything on your phones. You can order food. You can get anything in the world from Amazon delivered to you. You're communicating with your friends that way. We don't get a pass anymore to just say, well, I'm not an online dating person, so I'm just not going to do that. That is where the majority of singles are. Now, of course, you can dial it up or dial it down depending on on where you are getting results. But if you're not meeting anybody through alternate means, you should really take online dating more seriously and figure out maybe you need the My Free Profile Starter Kit to get your profile in shape. It's at datesandmates.com, of course. But there's something, if you're not meeting people online or if you've just pushed away online dating entirely, maybe because of an experience you had three or four years ago, then something is not clicking and we need to readdress that. She says people don't come up to people anymore. People don't do that. It's weird. Again, Jen, why are you dictating the way that people are going to come into your life? Why are you closing off? Like, this is how it has to be. So I know I might be speaking to some other people besides Jennifer Aniston right now. Like, if there's anything in your mind, like, this is how I wanted the story to go. This isn't, this isn't what the way that I imagined I would meet my partner. I need you to step back from that for a second and say, how is that really serving you? And is that story true anymore? Maybe it was true three or four years ago when you tried it before. But is it true right now? And... If if people aren't coming up to anyone anymore, who's going to come up to Jennifer Aniston? Who's going to shoot their shot with Jennifer Aniston? So, girl, if you're listening, let me tell you, just be open. Let it happen. And look, dating apps, they're the best game in town. They're the easiest way to expand your dating pool, even if you are a celebrity. 
Might be on Raya, might be somewhere else. Even if you're not a celebrity, I think we have to stay open to love. Well, according to Dating.com, people are staying open to love. In fact, women have changed their entire approach to dating in a world defined by COVID. Dating.com did this survey and they found that most people, 85%, were intentionally seeking a steady partner. We've covered some of this similar data through OkCupid and some other dating apps that have said that people are more relationship-minded. But I just want to reiterate that this is really being seen across the board. Most people said they're not interested in settling for someone who doesn't meet their dating standards. And even though 60% of women were open to short-term flings pre-pandemic, now 85% of them are seeking a stable relationship. So as the pandemic has dragged and dragged and dragged on, I don't need to tell you, people are starting to shift their perspective. I told you it was going to start happening. And a lot of single women, according to this study from dating.com, said that they're feeling drained by serial dating with no clear intentions in mind. And they're prioritizing meaningful connections over anything else, like even just physical attraction. If somebody has a lot of interactions with them and shows that they have an intention to be serious and They can know where the relationship is headed. According to the study, those are the matches that are winning out. So it's no wonder that single women said in this study that nice guys are where it's at. (laughs) I've been talking about how nice guys win for a really, really long time. I came up with my nice guy nine, the nine things a nice guy can do to get a girl, like probably five years ago. And many of you know that my own dating plan, I called it Operation Date Nice Guys, Operation DNG. Now, in hindsight, think that was not specific enough. I ended up with a nice guy, uh, but I think that wasn't specific enough because I think sometimes people say nice as a catch-all to mean a lot of other things like kind, considerate, monogamous, faithful, Uh, honest, (laughs) loving, uh, affectionate, like all of these other things. We're like, oh, that's nice. Um, And I'm not sure that that everyone has the same definition of nice. But for all of the guys who feel that they've been friend zoned or deemed nice guys that didn't get the girl before, I think this is a this is a little bit of a green light for you to remember to be consistent, to be communicative, and really to move the ball forward because you have an opening right now. Women don't want the casual dating. They don't want the bad boys. They don't want the time wasters. They want consistency. And this is your moment, nice guys. This is the moment when you're going to win. So just to put an exclamation point on this entire study, the last thing that the vice president of Dating.com said is that women are excited to get back out there, but they're setting aside time to really get to know their dates from their values to what they want in life, and most importantly, what their relationship goals are for the future. Whoa, does that sound familiar? How many times have you heard on Dates and Mates that the two most important qualities in long-term compatibility, you can read it on the Dates and Mates blog, I've said it many times before, are what? Shared values and common goals for the future. 
So there you have it in print. The numbers don't lie. Check it out yourself at datesandmates.com. We're going to take a short break. But don't go anywhere when we come back. Lindsay Metzelar of the We Met at Acme podcast is going to be with me talking about how not to settle and how to approach dating with intentionality and get exactly what you want. Stick around. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, 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 I am here with Lindsay Metzelar. She's the host of the sex and dating podcast, We Met at Acme. It's been featured in the New York Times, Pop Sugar, and Vogue. I've been a guest on the show. It's truly fantastic. She has amazing advice also on Instagram. And now we're so lucky because she's here to dish out some of her no-nonsense dating advice on Dates and Mates. Please help me give big smooches to Lindsay Metzelar. Hey, Demona. Girl, big news on your front. <laughs> You've been news. giving out dating advice for a long time. Obviously, something worked because I saw that ring on your finger. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> I actually, it's so funny. I'm not wearing it right now, um, but I swear I did get engaged. On Instagram, I saw. I saw all of the pictures <laughs> oh. and then the, the follow-up pictures to the pictures. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like now I feel like people have to listen to my advice. Like they have no choice, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, you give great advice. You give great advice anyhow. But so I mean, one thing, well, thank you very much. And thank you for having me on We Met at Acme. Um, before we move into like topics you talk about on the show and all this great content that you have on Instagram, I would love to know what made this different for you? Because this is something that people always, always ask me, like, how did you know? And especially in this world where everybody talks about the paradox of choice and there's so many options out there. Why would anyone make any decisions about anything? But you got engaged and it's 2021. So you must know something. Well, I would say first and foremost, it's a feeling of feeling safe with this person, like so safe that no matter where we went together, like as long as I was with him, that was all that mattered. Whereas in past relationships, I feel like it was more the social aspect that I liked with the partner. Like, but when it was just the two of us alone, I was like, uh, you know, and I've realized through this relationship and experience that it's all about you and this other person and how you are when no one else is around. And you really need to feel safe. You need to feel like they are your home. And then you also need to have fun with them and laugh with them and like enjoy your conversation. And then I would say like the last piece of it is at least for me, and I'm like a traditional girl, you know this, like I need to feel like they put me first. And that means like getting up off the couch and getting me water, even though I'm also on the couch, you know? <laughs> but do you get up and get him water sometimes? Of course. But it's like the idea of like, you know, 
they're just so sweet to me. Like that's what I really wanted to feel. And that's what I, what I feel with my partner. I love that you said that's what I wanted to feel. Cause that's something I talk about on a lot on the show is that it's not about the checklist. I know, I know you're not a big fan of the checklist either. It's really about what is that feeling that you want to have? What are some of the other signs that you see of people it not in the right relationships? Like what are some of those false indicators of attraction that we end up falling for? I mean, there are so many and I had experienced them in the past. And I think that, um, you know, we all have to experience that until like we can realize what is really right for us. One of them for me is like being attracted to like cool or like, you know, the person that can like get into the club and like knows the bouncer and, you know, things that don't ultimately matter. Like, I don't care that my boyfriend, fiance, husband, partner want like can, can hang at like a rave until 5am. That's not cool for me. Like when I have babies, I don't want someone that's like cool at a rave, you know? (laughs) And like, no, I haven't been to a rave in years. Exactly. And so (laughs) cool is not important. Like I'd rather them be a nerd, truly. And then I also think just like, you know, superficial things like needing someone who is like European or needing someone who's like over six feet. It's like, okay, like those are cool cool things, but, um, you know, that's not going to like be a real long lasting relationship. Can we unpack that for a second? Yeah. <laughs> Before please. we move on. Um, cause I'm very short. Uh, I'm only five feet tall. I know we've never met in mm-hmm. person, but <laughs> I'm small. I, really? And so- if you had asked me, I would have said that you were five ten. God bless you. Um, in my <laughs> dreams, I'm 5'10", but in reality, I'm five feet and proud to be short, but I've never, I never had a thing about needing tall guys. And so it's always been a part of my philosophy, like you not to look at height or these superficial things that you're talking about. And I will admit, I get a little bit of pushback from taller women and they're like, you don't understand. Now I've, I've never met you in person. I'm assuming you're very tall, Lindsay. How tall are you? I'm five, seven. So like, I'm not model height, but I'm not like willing to date, like technically someone my height, height, you know? Okay. So what do you say then to the women who are your height that say, this is really important to me? Is it really that important? I think, is is it important because of your pride or is it important because you're genuinely not attracted to somebody that you can see like that? I think it goes back to this feeling that you were talking about earlier. Like, is it that you don't feel protected or taken care of or you feel self-conscious because you think I'm walking down the street with this guy and all people are thinking of is he's shorter than I am? Right. And if you're thinking that, like, how much do you really like this person? Because when I really like someone, I don't see their height at all. Mm. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. And then like going back to what we were talking about before, like another thing that I see a lot in like what's not working, but people don't realize it in relationships is 
and I talked about this actually in my engagement episode, and I wonder what your thoughts are on this because I feel like I I would trust anything that you would have to say on the subject, but I don't like, and this is controversial, but when the guy in a heterosexual relationship is the difficult one. <laughs> I don't like it when anyone's the difficult one. Right. But I mean like, that's the thing. You know it I shouldn't mean? be that difficult. But yeah, like if um are are you talking about difficult in terms of like, I don't know, emotional baggage, I guess is what they would call it, or just difficult in terms of demands? I think both. Like if you are the one always taking care of this person, if you are the one waiting for this person to meet you at the same level of love, of care, you know, if you, if this person has commitment issues and you're like convincing them to be with you, like, I never want to be in a relationship like that. So true. I think it goes back to what you say, actually on, on the We Met at Acme website, you say, if you're confused, they're not, they're not that into you. They're not interested. Right. (laughs) And I, I feel like that could solve a lot of the problems. Like I get a lot of questions on the show and people are like, I don't know how to read what happened. Um, we went out and they didn't follow up and they didn't, they didn't ask me out again and I didn't get a vibe, but I don't know. Is he interested? <laughs> it's like, well. And it's like, you know the answer because you would know if he was. I think that confusion that you speak of is that the dissonance between what we want or what we think we want and the reality of what's in front of us. Oh, 100%. And I think also just like we love a challenge. We love to be like the one who changes you and whatever. And so I think oftentimes women will go after a project or potential. And if you feel like you are training your partner to be a good partner, then it's like at what point is that not worth your time when you're 30 plus. Lindsay, you are speaking to me like in such a deep way. That was that was so my MO for dating for the longest time. It was like, oh, I have something to do. I can fix him. I can add to his life. And it's just totally the wrong way to go about thinking of dating of like, I can, here's what I can do for this person, how I can be additive rather than like, here's what we can build together and the connection between the two of us. Just sticking with hetero relationships for a second. You have some rules. You, I, I love how like your videos are so clear, Lindsay. Like you just do like four signs, four rules. It's just like there's no there's there's no confusion even in the way that you deliver your approach to dating. So what are the what are the rules you think for women in hetero relationships? for women in hetero relationships, we'll start with like the date, like going on dates rules. Um, I would say to start like, you know, going on your first date, they cannot ask you for a date the same day because like you are a busy woman. Like you do not drop everything, change plans because someone asked you on a date that day. You are busy up to three days in advance, if not more. And Faking that, faking that is honestly pointless. Be that person, you know, who has so much going on that you don't have to fake being busy. But if you do have to fake it, then you have to fake it because you're not available the same day. And then once you get onto the date itself, 
I don't think that there's any point in having more than two drinks on a date, especially like date one, two, and three. It can obviously, it can cloud your judgment and you want to make sure that this is someone you actually like if you're going to move forward with them. Um, And then also like no one likes anyone who's sloppy. Like girls don't like that. Guys don't like that. It's just not cute. And then this one's definitely more standard, but I don't believe in sex on the first date. I just, not because like, not like slut shaming anyone by any means, honestly, just because the buildup is so hot. Like you, you start to get to know this person and like, you want to rip off their clothes. And then every date you want to get closer to ripping off their clothes and then eventually rip off their clothes. But if it happens like the first date, then at least for me, I'm kind of like, okay, I've seen it all. Like I, I personally get turned off by them after that. Cause I'm like, this was kind of boring. And, or like now this has already happened. And if it's really good sex, then I'm like obsessed with them. And if it's really bad sex, then I never want to see them again. And it's just like, it's too black and white, I think. And then I also think um, that you should always offer to pay on a date. Ooh, I'm glad you brought this up because this has come up uh, in my groups before. Always offer, but they should not accept. They should not accept. We actually had a discussion about this because I'm, you know, my approach. I'm very like, screw gender norms, screw the rules. Like, let's do it your own way. But there are certain things I will admit I'm a little bit old fashioned on. And that's one of the things. And I don't I don't have a good reason as to why I still hold on to that one. But maybe, you know, the underpinnings of that. I think that it's fair to hold on to that. Like, it's like there's a meme that I saw once that's like my feminism leaving my body when the bill comes. (laughs) And it's it's like when anything needs to be done around the house. Uh Oh, my gosh. I'm going to get a hate mail about this. Like, Demona, you're a terrible feminist, but I'm no good with tools. I don't want to do it. I can't. And I just go, I go, oh, no, my lady hands I can't uh-huh. do it <laughs> and by the way just because you don't want to put a shelf together doesn't mean that you shouldn't be paid as much as a guy as a man like that has nothing to do with the, the other I would be paid as much as a man and I'd rather hire a man to do that and by the way also exactly. my husband also has lady hands he can't do any of those things either so That's I say really like funny. my husband and I have a husband who does our honey-do list because that we have a handyman hysterical. that is actually coming today because something's wrong with our front door we I I don't know I don't know how to fix it but That's he does hilarious. and it'll take me 10 times as long to figure it out and fix it yeah. than if I just I mean, pay me, him to do it me too <laughs> but I think that the the rule across the board, and I don't just mean hetero relationships, I mean all LGBTQ, everyone, every relationship, if you ask them on a date, you better be prepared to pay. If you ask someone to do something, if you ask to take someone out, you're paying. That's just the rule since the beginning of time. And so if it'd be one thing if I asked a guy out and then expected him to pay. That's not necessarily fair, right? Yes, but it happens. I know. And then you never speak to them again because they weren't raised well in any way, shape or form. And they're trash, honestly. I have seen since, you know, you really speak to a lot of millennial daters on We Met at Acme. I agree with you on that. I've seen a trend among younger daters that now more people are asking to split the bill. And that 
traditionally, you know, grow up in the game for over 15 years, that would be, I would read that as a sign of disinterest. Like, okay, this date didn't go so well. Like, let's just split it and cut our losses and leave. But I'm seeing that sometimes that's not really what's intended. Like people just be broke out here in these, in these, uh, you know, pandemic streets. What do you, what do you say? It's true. And like, I get that, but I don't know. It's like, you shouldn't go on a date if you can't afford to pay for the person you're asking on the date. Like I was just talking to my fiance about how, like, if we have a, a son, we are going to make sure that even if he has no job, he lives in our basement, whatever, when he goes out on a date with a woman or a man, he has enough money to pay for that date. We'll give it to him because we would be embarrassed as parents if he didn't pay for it. <laughs> First of all, my son will not be living in my basement. My husband fights me well, on this. He's like, you're yeah. going to be like, don't leave the house. Don't ever mm -hmm. go. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I think I think he has to he has to move on with his life. But we'll see when we, I'm a little ways off from that. Like, totally. <laughs> I'm like 15 years off from that. OK, so. I brought up the pandemic, you know, it's here, here we are still happening. And, um, people are really confused. I'm finding about dating now in the Delta era, because it felt like, Oh, we got that little taste of freedom, like beginning of the summer and Oh snap, <laughs> here we are back to square one. I think you can still do you can still date in person safely? And I know you've been doing some in-person mixers again. So what do you say to those folks that are on the fence about, about actually meeting up and like how they can still feel like they're being safe, but like we gotta, we gotta move on. We can't stay 100% isolated yeah. forever. Yeah. Well, the mixers that we're doing, at least right now, while the weather's nice, are all outside. So safety is less of a concern, which is great. And I think also, like, there are so many people who have an amazing personality and, like, probably are cute too, but maybe they don't photograph well. Maybe they don't know how to make a dating app profile. Um, you know, maybe they just naturally have better luck in person, like most people do. And I think you don't really know the connection you might have with someone until you're talking to them next to them at a bar. Um, and so the mixers, even though it, you know, again, like it's like almost like a pride issue. People are like, I don't want to go to a mixer. Like I don't need help, but it's not about that. It's about like new experiences and like post pandemic, like getting off your couch and like meeting new people who also want to meet new people. It's like the... It's like orientation when you're a freshman in college, like everyone's there for the same reason and everyone's nervous and everyone wants to connect with someone. How do we do that, Lindsay? Our skills are rusty. <laughs> We've talked on the show before about like first dates when you've met maybe someone online or you've met someone through a friend and you are meeting in person for the first time, but it's a totally different skill set dating in the wild, like being at a mixer and making connections from scratch with a total stranger. But I know it's working at the We Met at Acme event. So what have, what have you seen that's been um, successful for people? So what we'll do at these events is we'll put icebreakers around the room and it's like a little piece of paper. And so if you're standing there with 
someone awkwardly and you don't know what to say to them, you can pick up one of the icebreaker questions and it's something as, you know, it's something like friends or the office or like, you know, these questions that are not a like big major, like, Oh, why did you break up with your last ex? You know, it's these, <laughs> these icebreaker questions that like, you can just get right into, you know, actually one that we had. And I wonder what your thoughts are at one of the mixers, which was one of my personal favorites was Tylenol or Advil. What do you think? Oh, wow. Well, I would say Advil, of course, you know, it's anti-inflammatory. I agree. I also am convinced that Tylenol is a placebo. Like I've never taken <laughs> Tylenol and been like, oh my God, I feel so much better. Like never. <laughs> Although, I mean, then there's the Aleve. You add that to the mix. I love what you're saying like that. I, 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 before it was like a TikTok thing, I would tell clients to play this or that. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. now everyone's doing this. But it is such a great icebreaker. And even if your your option is the third option that's not listed there, that starts right. a conversation. And like, it's something, like you said, everyone has an opinion on. Even no opinion is an opinion. Exactly. Exactly. And so like, those are good to just get the conversation started. So if you're not at a mixer that is as expertly designed as yours are, and you, let's just say you're just out at a bar or at a friend's party, of course, outdoor, you know, outdoor barbecue or something like that, <laughs> but you, you want to talk to someone and you don't have that icebreaker handy, are there any good, I don't want to say pickup lines, right? Pickup lines are stupid. Can we agree on that? <laughs> Oh, so stupid. Okay, yeah. so what what's a what's a good pickup line then? <laughs> I actually think that the best pickup line is saying something observant and funny about someone else at this event. So like for example, let's say that like you're at this barbecue, right? You're at this outdoor barbecue and like the hot dogs are terrible. Like they're a brand that no one's ever heard of and like no one has just said it out loud. I would go up to someone who I think is cute and be like, is it just me or are the hot dogs inedible? Like, I don't want to say anything. I love Cynthia, the host, but the hot dogs are horrible. You know, like I would just say something that's like lighthearted and kind of funny. And like, if they're into you, they'll work with what you're saying. And if they're not, they'll be like, I actually love the hot dogs and I'm the one that brought the hot dogs. So like, please, leave me alone, <laughs> you know, it'll be and very then they'll be clear. like, hot dogs. Is that an innuendo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe not hot dogs. Cause like it's, <laughs> it's definitely teetering on an innuendo, but something along those lines. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Like I call it a curiosity comment, like something that you're curious about either about them or like the space that you're in. You know, you said also something funny. I, I feel like people get a lot of anxiety when I, when I say like humor is really sexy and you should be funny. And they're like, I'm not a comedian. I don't know how to be funny. Um, and I'm not a comedian either. I don't know how to teach people how to be funny, but uh, there must be some way that you figured out to be able to connect in a humorous way. Yeah, I think well, I feel like you and I are similar. Like I have good banter. So it's like, that's not necessarily something that you can create if it's not there to begin with. Like I am, and I think that, that 
has a lot to do with like, you know, I'm very extroverted. I'm not afraid to make a comment that's going to make someone a little uncomfortable, but maybe make someone else laugh. Um, and I think that you don't have to be a comedian necessarily, but you, you gotta like have the wit for the conversation. You know, we actually, my, my fiance and I watched the show Love Island and it's a, it's from the, it started in the UK and it's like a dating show. And they always say like, oh yeah, he's got good chat. It's just like, you know, it's, you see like you're, as you're watching, you're like this person that everyone likes is not attractive, but he's funny. And like, or she, you know, like she's not cute to me or whatever, but her personality is amazing. It makes her so much more attractive. And I think that's so important. Um, and again, like an amazing skill for meeting in person that you can't mm. really gauge on on the internets. And I find that a lot of the humor, like you're saying the good chat and the banter, it actually comes from listening. A lot of people think it, it puts the pressure on them to like be funny like a clown, but it uh, people I think will feel that connection if you're just really listening and responding because it's always going to feel fake if you're like, well, now I got to be funny and I got to tell some jokes or you like pre-plan jokes or pickup lines. It's just never it's never going to work because it's not authentic. Of course. And listening generally is the best thing that you can do to be a good conversationalist. And so maybe you're listening and you hear them say that they just graduated from medical school. And you say something as as simple as like, oh, your parents must be so disappointed. Like, because clearly that's such an amazing thing, you know? It's like just a little bit of um, like dry humor. It doesn't have to be like, so why did the chicken cross the road type of thing? But like, you know, pick up on something. <laughs> that's really cute. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like uh, if you play opposites, opposites are always are always funny. Okay, so let's say people are on board with this, Lindsay. They are like, I'm going to go to a mixer. And believe me, if you're in New York, go to the We Met at Acme Mixers. But um, if you're not, you can listen to the podcast and get lots of great advice and follow her on Instagram. But let's say they're like, okay, I'm tired of just like casually dating. I've been kind of doing the casual dating thing on online and... I'm really ready for a relationship. What do you think the signs are that somebody's ready for a relationship? They want to follow in your footsteps like you and get engaged and like it's not playtime anymore. I think it's so funny because people think that the signs that they're ready for a relationship are like they want one. Like, nope, that's that's not it. It's the fact that you are actually happy without one because you have done so much work on yourself on, you know, becoming happy, like, let's say living alone, for example, if you're able to do that, doing if if therapy is something that you're open to doing, you know, or just soul searching in general, maybe it's meditation, something that makes you a little bit more grounded and self aware. And I think really your career, being in a place where you feel good and comfortable. I noticed like when I didn't really like what I was doing, dating was really directly affected by it because I wasn't proud to be like, oh, this is what I do for a living. And I was like more timid about it. Um, so I think being in a good place in your life 
and being open and willing to like compromise on things because that's what you're going to have to do in a relationship. Like I know, I know some people who are really set in their ways and like they would never be okay with like, I don't know, let's say someone's spending the night because they have their like routine, you know, it's like you have to be able to be flexible if you are ready for a relationship. Thank you so much for saying that. I I 100% agree. And, you know, even you, you speak to millennial daters a lot, but even that's especially important, I think, also for any older daters that are listening, because people will say to me, younger, like everyone my age wants to date someone younger. And that is not true. Across the board, I've found that, you know, I can get women in their 50s, 60s, even 70s, like on on dates when they thought it wasn't possible with men their age. But the key is flexibility. It's exactly what you said. It's that your life and your circle can't be closed. You have to be open to making some changes in your life to incorporate that other person. So thank you for saying that. Thank you for being here and sharing all of this wisdom. And I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to follow your journey on this. I know wedding planning ain't always always sunshine and rainbows. Oh my God. But, ma- it but marriage is a can be. <laughs> exactly. We're just trying to get to that point before we murder everyone involved. When's the big day? That's what we're figuring out right now. So <laughs> it's still new. TBD. Still, okay. TBD. Well, I'll be checking your Instagram for more oh, info and also for more you. tips. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. Thank with you us. so much for having me. Y'all, you got to follow Lindsay on Instagram at Linz, L-I-N-D-Z, Metz, M-E-T-Z. Of course, we'll put the link in the show notes. And make sure you check out the We Met at Acme podcast. It is so fantastic. It's always on the top of the charts, and it's always exciting and informative. Next up, you've got questions. I've got answers. Here's what you want to know. Should you take international dating more seriously and texting? Is it really that important to your connection? I'll tell you more in just a moment. Welcome back, friends and lovers. Here's what's on your mind this week. Dear Damona. Damona, help me. This one comes to us from a listener named Shayna on Instagram. She says, hi, Demona. I love, with three O's, your podcast (laughs) and the work that you do. Thank you, Shayna. I have a question about international dating. And no, this isn't a 90-day fiancé kind of situation. Smiling, crying, laughing eyes emoji. (laughs) I live in the NYC area, and dating here is pretty terrible. Oop. I have thoughts. I have a solo trip to Central America coming up soon, and I'm excited to go on a date or two while I'm there, but I'm also obviously very concerned about safety. Do you have any recommendations on how I can have fun while also being as safe as possible? Thanks. Well, Shana, good on you for going on a trip and living your best life, even though there's a COVID situation, even though you might not have a partner to travel with. You go and you do you, but you stay safe out there, girl, because there's a lot, there's a lot that can happen. So I recommend if you can try to find a buddy in advance that is a safe person in Central America. So I don't know if you you are staying at Airbnbs. Um, I'm always a little bit nervous about staying in Airbnbs when I'm out when I'm traveling by myself, but especially 
out of the country. But if there's like a room that you can rent from a family or some kind of base that you can have or a friend who knows a friend who knows a friend who lives there, do try to get that sort of safety net set up. And they can also help give you a lay of the land of knowing where it's safe to go and where it's not safe to go. I am a big fan of turning on your apps when you're traveling and seeing who might be out there. I'm also a big fan of dating internationally if you have the flexibility to maybe live in another country or date long distance and you're open to that. I have a lot of clients who have met and married someone who lived in another country and shifted their whole life to be together and they're still together today. So I know it is possible, but just know that the dating culture may be different and even just the the way that people interact may be different depending on the culture that you're going to. And I would also ask you, Shayna, what is your goal? Like, is your goal just to have fun and hook up? Or is your goal like you might actually find find your 90-day fiance? And don't knock it because some of those situations are wonderful and work out. I know a lot of them. We watch it for the train wrecks, right? <laughs> it's such a fantastic show. We watch it for the train wrecks, but there is real love. It, among many of the couples that and and also the couples that are not on the show that meet their partners internationally. So is this really a possibility for you or is this something you're just like, mm, I'll go ahead and try that out? Because you also have to remember during COVID, the COVID safety protocols may be different depending on where you're going. So I think it's worth going for if it's not just like this might be fun, if there's really the possibility that it could go somewhere. I would say just in the current landscape as just something to do, it might not be the best option. You might want to do that when you are traveling either with a friend or with somebody else who is from the area. So, you know, if it's more than just like a fling hookup, which you could easily have in New York City, and I'll get to that in a minute, if it could be like an exciting adventure that you're willing to play out, I say go for it. Just remember the usual dating app safety rules. Always meet them in a public place. Don't let them pick you up. I know, and even the culture might be like, oh, no, I have to pick you up on a date. No, you don't. I don't know you. I will meet you there. And still, if you can have someone that you can share the information with about that person that you're going to meet, every piece of information that you have, their phone number, their name, anything else that you know about them, maybe where they work, and then have somebody, even if they're out of the country, that you're going to text when you get home just to let them know that you got home safe safely. And try to also set your drink maximum. <laughs> A lot of people push back on this, but I want you to stay to stay safe and stay coherent. And if you don't set the drink maximum, then the drink maximum will be whatever you're feeling that night. So if you know that you don't make great decisions after two drinks, then maybe you only need to have one or two drinks and then call it a night. See if you can build trust with this person over time. I don't know how long you're going, but uh, maybe there's something that could blossom there. As far as you saying, I live in the NYC area and dating here is pretty terrible. Shana, you know, I don't want to hear that. You know that that is a limiting belief. And if you adopt an abundance mindset, you will see possibilities everywhere. And if you want some more input on your dating strategy, then you know who to call. <laughs> 
This next question was emailed to me by a listener we'll call D. She says, I met this guy on Hinge and spoke to him over the phone and text for a month. And then we went on my first date with him. We've gone on three dates total. All the dates have been absolutely incredible. When he is in person or over the phone, I feel like his communication is amazing. I get his undivided attention and we're great together. However, other than being in person or phone calls, which doesn't happen all that frequently, his communication over text isn't that great, nor does he reach out all that much. I'm a little confused on what I should do because... It drives me crazy that he isn't able to communicate with me as much as I would like him to. I'm almost wondering if I'm trying to rush into things by having him communicate more and wanting to hang out with him more. And would that be reasonable at this point? For context, I am 32. He is 30. We have about a hour and a half to two hour commute to one another. So when we have gone on dates, we have stayed at each other's places. I usually really struggle liking guys and I really like him. So I feel like I'm very excited for him, which is why I like talking to him when I can. He's in med school, so he's pretty busy with his schedule and has long shifts. I struggle with anxiety. So I put all of these thoughts in my head thinking that he may not be interested anymore. Okay, D, we have a few things to talk about now because... All is not lost, but you've 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 broken a few rules along the way. And you know, I'm not big on rules. I only have like a couple rules. And we've kind of set things off on a different path. So we're going to have to change course a little bit to get you what you want. First of all, you talked to him for a month before you went on a first date with him. Just as a reminder, we get attached to the idea of somebody more than the reality of them when we build so much anticipation prior to the first date. So a month is a long time to talk over phone and text. But okay, here we are now. You've been on three dates. You've stayed over for what, two or three of the dates? I'm going to assume that there was sex involved. And I know you really, really like him, but Let's also talk about hormones. And when you have sex with someone, you release oxytocin. What is oxytocin? It is the bonding hormone. What has happened to you? You feel bonded to this person. And yet you are not getting the communication back that you feel you should have because your hormones are telling you this person should be partnered with you because you've already had sex. You've already spent a lot of time with this person. This is another thing that also happens with particularly with women, and I'm not saying this to be gender or heteronormative. I'm saying this literally because of science. As women spend more time around other people, you build a bond to them. You release more oxytocin. So the more time that you're spending with him, this is another reason why I say slow love and spreading out the interaction. Because if you're having long chunks of time with him and you're having sex and you've only had three dates together, you are feeling very intimately connected to this person right now. So the first thing I need you to do is to just take a breath, pause, step back and realize that your hormones and your expectations are driving everything forward right now. Now, what do we do about this? First, we have to acknowledge that texting is actually not that important. It's more important how you connect when you're together, but I would encourage you to tell him how you like to communicate and let him know it's really, it's always an invitation, right? Let him know, I love hearing from you in between our dates. I even just getting a text from you, it just really, it gives me all the feels. Like I get really excited when I see a text from you. 
And that lets him know that he's been invited to communicate with you via text. I mean, with my husband, I straight up was like, I need you to check in with me. <laughs> I need you to check in with me more often. And what did he do? Because he's very literal and he's a man. He called me one time at work and he was like, hey, Demona. And I'm like, hey, what's up? He said, nothing. You told me to check in. I'm checking in. He literally followed the instructions in the assignment because he knew that if he wanted to be with me, that was what I was requesting of him. But he had no idea what to do. And he had no idea what to say when I asked him to check in. So you will see a lot from if you give him the invitation or the expression that you want more contact, if he steps up and rises to the occasion. If he tells you why he can't do it, well, you know, I have long shifts. It's really hard for me, but I could send you a text every other day. Or if he just blows it off and is like, I just don't text. <laughs> or he just says he's going to do it and doesn't do it. That will tell you a lot, D. It'll tell you where the two of you stand. But I really need you to try to invest in some other activities, things you can get excited and passionate about in the meantime, because three dates is not a long time. And we can't count the month of phone and text because that was pre-date. So you've only been dating, what, maybe a month, less than a month? We can't catch feelings yet because you don't know him yet. You may <laughs> love the feeling that you get when you're with him, but those things we were talking about at the top of the show, the shared values and goals for the future and really being able to see who this person is, trust that their actions and words are in alignment, you probably don't really know any of those things yet because you haven't been through it yet together. So keep calm, carry on, be clear in your communication, and just know that when that anxious voice comes up, try to see that voice almost as a third character. It's like the it's like the judgy narrator <laughs> in your story. And you can communicate with that voice, that anxious voice that's like, oh, he doesn't really like you. He might not be interested anymore. Talk back to that, like not in public, right? But <laughs> on your own, when you're lying in bed and you can't go to sleep because you're all those thoughts are racing, talk back to that voice and say, you know what? We don't have that information yet. Demona said, we're slowing it down. We're just figuring it out and we're seeing if we even like this person, if we're even compatible. We're just taking it one day at a time. And maybe that anxious voice will quiet down a little bit more and you'll feel a little bit more present when the two of you are together. I hope you enjoyed episode 381 of Dates and Mates. I need your questions, y'all. I need to know what's on your mind. We are approaching cuffing season fast and furious now that it's October. So hit me up with your questions. You can DM me at Damona Hoffman on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or, you know I love the voicemails. You can send me a voicemail or text me at 424-246-6255. I sure would love to also invite you into the Patreon Friends with Benefits group. This is where I do a weekly live stream and answer all of your specific dating questions live. We also have archive episodes of the show. We have a content club and so much more. Check us out at patreon.com slash dates and mates. You know, you'll find me here next Tuesday. I will be with Marnie Kinris. She's a longtime friend of mine and a friend of the show. She's the founder of the Wing Girl Method, and she is amazing. So don't miss it. Until then, I wish you happy dating.